Hi there, this is Alvin. Welcome to Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is none other than Bob Hawks, a retired educator and scientist, now domain investor and contributor of namepros.com as well as nametalent.com. Today, Bob and I will discuss how he stumbled upon domain investing, the parallels he sees between quantitative investing in stock and domain names, and how he uses quantitative analysis to domain invest, as well as what tools he uses to perform quantitative analysis. So with that, Bob, welcome, and thank you for making time to join us today. Oh, it's a real pleasure to uh, talk with you today. Well, good deal. So to kick things off, Bob, why don't you share with the listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, your professional and personal background? Okay. I'm, well, I'm a Canadian and um, have uh, spent most of my life on the east coast of Canada. We lived in a small town of less than 10,000 people. And um, for m- most of my career, I uh, was a scientist and educator at the, at the same place. And then we... Uh, took retirement a little bit early uh, in order to move all the way across Canada, many, many thousands of kilometers. And now we're on the West Coast um, uh, following our, I have two daughters and they both ended up uh, in BC. So now we're close to them and their families. Awesome. Awesome. And so how did you get introduced into domain investing? I know you said that you were... In education, in the education field for like 36 years. And so I guess what led you, how did you make that jump? Yeah, I, I guess a few things led me uh, into that. Probably the most direct one was uh, as kind of a side gig. We ran a home-based business that um, did landscape, seascape photography and, and sold that in a number of ways um, directly through our, through our home and uh, through craft and art shops and at events, but also online. So I, I back in 2001, I registered a domain name that I actually still have, a CA uh, domain name. And um, wow. so that got me into domains. And then after I'd had that a few years, because a lot of the photography I did was kind of tourist-oriented, uh, I decided to, to pick up a few other domain names with the idea of running sites on uh, tourism around the the Bay of Fundy region and, uh, and a few other interests I, I, I had. And then um, a bit, as many people, once you have the first two or three domains, then you notice other ones. And in your mind, you say, ah, I could develop that as well. So picked up a few others related to my interest in, in science outreach and, um, you know, kept them let some fall, but I didn't really try to sell domains um, uh, until a few years ago. I, I'm trying to think. Anyway, it's been a little over three years, I believe. Uh, certainly less than four, or maybe around four in total. Um, and then one day I stumbled upon uh, name pros, and that, of course, introduced me to all manner of things that I didn't know before. <laughs> and uh, and because I had retired around the same time and we'd done the big move and and was sort of looking for an online community, which NamePros is, and also, I guess, looking for 
you know, other interests now that I had more time than I had had for the preceding three and a half decades when I was working uh, full time, I um, got more and more into um, domain investing. So that you really started, it really wasn't, like you said, it really wasn't about selling domains as much as it probably was of just seeing a domain and thinking, oh, I could uh, develop. So you kind of took the development path, I guess, into the industry. Yes. I mean, I'm a very amateur kind of developer, but that was very much our path. We had this, you know, little online presence to kind of showcase our our photo products. And then I set up a Bay of Funday tourism site that kind of, I, I still have it, but I haven't actually put new effort into that for, for a while. And uh, along the way, I'd also, through several organizations that I'd been involved with, I uh, had helped them get their websites up and, and so on. So there were a few other directions. But I, I think I remember the first domain name that I hoped to sell, and I never sold that one, but I did <laughs> um, eventually let it, uh, let it fall. But um, after that, I picked up. For a long while, I had like fewer than 15 domain names. So I wasn't into it kind of big time. And throughout all this, I'm very much... Uh, I often give people advice to only invest what you can afford to lose. Uh, and, and I'm what good. I would consider a very conservative investor personally in that, you know, I kind of view, I put a little bit of money to begin a very tiny amount of money. And then as I sold a few domain names, whatever I get from sales, I now plow back in, but it's not that I'm investing other money or that I'm dependent on, on drawing uh, you know, a salary from from returns of sales either. I view myself as more an analyst and a writer and I guess to some degree an informal educator uh, around domains than I, than I do a domain investor per se. Ah, so yeah, so you kind of fall into the, to the, to the boat um, of, of yours truly as well. Um, and so it's interesting. Now, you, now you said that you had a couple of, uh, I guess, dot .a domains that you developed. And so uh, I guess are now, do you primarily focus on dot .a or do you dabble in .com? Like what extensions? Yeah, I probably have more extensions than most people. Um, <laughs> I like to try, especially now that I've got into writing and so on, I like to try loads of things. So um, <laughs> like everyone, I, I do have, I guess, um, several dozen comms and um, I have a few nets and a few orgs and a few other legacy things like the odd pro and the, and a few things. Then I do have some country code. I think I have about 25 of my own Canadian.ca, but then I also have some like uh, quite a few .co and .me. And then originally my uh, in the new extensions, I went mainly with those that are related to what my interests were, which was mainly education to some degree, travel, um, science, and kind of outreach teaching, that sort of thing. Although I've expanded from that somewhat as my portfolio has grown. It's around 500 domains in total now. Um, but I, I, I still certainly like those areas. Like I like biotechnology, nanoscience, uh, space, um, 
family life, psych, um, healthy lifestyle, those kinds of things. And so within those, so I have loads and loads of different new extensions. I obviously have science and, and space, for example, but um, right. I have, I, I think, a total of about 20 different, maybe even slightly more new extensions that I have at least one or two domains in. Ah, now, have you realized much success in terms of uh, flipping those or making any sales? Yeah, I mean, as I say, I, I invest small amounts, um, yeah, but I've I've actually proportional. I guess, I guess, if you look at the ratio of what I've gotten out from what I put in, even though I've ever only ever had a handful of org, it's probably been the best single TLD for me, certainly better than calm for me personally. Hmm. Um, I've, um, uh, but my new extensions overall are positive. I mean, my goal is, is simply to not be, be negative and to any amount that I'm positive, I put 100% of that back into other domains. So I grew from having 15 or so in the kind of early days of trying to sell to 30 to 50 to hundred and then I, I I think I got up almost to five fifty, although I've cut back a little bit, but I'm still over five hundred at the moment. Wow. So then in terms of because obviously it, I think most domain investors, you get in, you see sales, you'll see, especially if you, you start hitting up the forums, name pros, uh, DN forum or uh, DN journal and, and just some of the different sites. And obviously you start seeing sales occur and the quick thing obviously is just to start hopping in and either hand registering or start participating in um, expired domain auctions. And so like what is, I know that that we talked a bit about quantitative um, analysis in terms of domain investing. And so I guess uh, how have you, you know, uh, paralleled your uh, experience as a scientist in terms of the quantitative matters. How have you brought that into the to domain investing? Yeah, I, I I I once told someone that I suspect. I mean, I've gone through various kind of hobbies and interests over the decades, and I suspect the reason that I stayed in in, in domain investing and got more and more active was because of tools like NameBio that allow us to do such interesting things. Like what I really like doing is, you know, posing a question. And, and even though domain investing, I would argue, is not an exact science in any sense, but I think you can still get evidence-informed answers uh, about it. So like, you know, the other day there is a thread where people were talking about org for example like our, this was before the sale of of org and now there's an entirely different discussion but <laughs> um and 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 i noticed several people on that comment well but the the sell-through rate is so low on org and i suspected that was probably true myself but i, I wanted to look at the actual numbers. So, you know, when you first glance at it, for example, there there are huge, you know, there are like in the last year, there are over 90,000 comms um, have sold and only a little over 5,000 orgs. So doesn't that answer the question? The answer is it doesn't answer the question because the important point is what's the probability that you will sell? So you have to look not just at the number of sales, 
but also at the the number that people are trying to sell. And right. fortunately, Dofo um, has, with its advanced search feature, allow you to do that for any set of parameters. So then I went into Dofo and said, well, how many are for sale in each of those? And it was about 15, a little over 15 million in com across all the various marketplaces and a little over 500,000 in org. So then when you actually relate those, the actual sell-through rate, recognizing the limitations, not everything by any means is in name bio in either extension, the sell-through rate's actually higher in org, which surprised me a little bit than in com. So that's the hmm. kind of thing I like to do. I mean, I did a similar um, thing for a post on name pros a few weeks ago, looking at the question of hyphens. Like, I mean, only a few percent of right. sales in comms involve hyphens. And as you know, loads of people say, you know, don't send, I'm not looking for names with hyphens and 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 so on. I wonder then, and when you do the numbers for that, it turns out that while the number of sales with hyphens in com has been edging upward for the last five years, uh, but still the fraction of sales that are calm is lower than the fraction with hyphens that people are trying to sell. And, really? and, and therefore it argues slightly in favor of conventional wisdom, which is better not to have hyphens, although it's so close um, that you probably could, could argue with the trend either way, I suppose. Hmm. Now, you mentioned something there in, in terms of the explanation of the probability, and you started mentioning, I think you mentioned the tool DOFO. So what is what is DOFO, and I guess how do you, you use that tool in conjunction with NameBio? Yeah, I mean, so it's a tool, I think it, I think it came out of Turkey. I mean, I, I kind of know the, only through their name pros and, and Twitter signatures, the, the, the two people that started it. Um, but basically, I mean, what a, their slogan is something like all domains are here. And it's a single compilation that has all of the, it's at dofo.com, D-O-F-O.com. And it has all of the domain, it will tell you whether you can just enter any word like, and it will tell you how many different extensions that is registered in, which is useful information when you're trying to decide particularly whether to invest in something other than, than COM or even in COM. Um, but uh, it will also bring up all of those with a click. So you can kind of see like of the ones that are registered, 11 are for sale and the ones would be at not buy it now prices, you will see that. But, and I think a lot of people use Dofo just to that degree, which is still an incredible tool. Uh, almost every single half day, anytime I'm looking at a new acquisition, I always go to Dofo to see what is someone's trying to sell this similar to it. Uh, but under advanced features, you could set it to anything. Like I could uh, set it to look at any particular extension, only the domain names that are actually for sale, not all the ones registered. Uh, if I wanted, I could even narrow that by a price range or insist on be it buy it now prices. And it will tell me how many, and in fact, give me a big page after page scrolling list of all those. So the combination of name bio 
and 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 DOFO really allow you to do very powerful um, kind of probability. Now you have to keep in mind that that's not your probability for any single person. That's kind of over the whole market of all the domains someone is trying to sell, and then you have to factor in you know how much better or worse, I guess you think than you, than you are than the average, but. Now, would you, now, I guess, could you use the same tool for buying purposes as well? Yeah. I mean, now that it's come, I don't, I don't know exactly when it came out. It hasn't been out a long time, maybe a year and a half. Right. Or two, but now like I always, cause um, early on, I mean, I was so, I knew so little about domains when I registered my first, 40, but I suspect that's true of loads <laughs> of people. And, you know, made many, almost everything that I registered, I wouldn't now choose to register. Uh, but now, like, I always look at least to the degree I look at uh, how many other TLDs and what are they? Like, in the new extensions, one of the issues is very often there are two or three or more extensions that are almost interchangeable. Like, loan and loans or solutions and services or you know and so on right so that would immediately tell me if i was looking at one of those if someone has already registered the others and then i can go see if it's developed or at the very least if um, someone is trying to sell it i can see if they have a price what they're asking and then also i can see what the status of kind of some of the others are like uh, com is often in use or not going to be available. Um, but, you know, kind of what's the status of net and org and a few of the other more common ones. Hmm. And so, so in terms of like the new extensions, now I know that you said you invest in them, but I guess, I mean, what are some of those like new extensions? I guess I'm thinking in terms of like dot today, dot fit, dot fitness, dot ICU, um, are there any that you've, you know, found success in and being able to say, you know, hey, yeah, I've, I've, I, I've been able to not only invest in them, but being able to get pretty consistent sales? Yeah, I mean, some, I kind of, um, I don't view so much the TLD and new extensions as I do the match on the two sides of the dot. Right. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's it's true that some some extensions like, you know, I'm certainly I'm positive in in space. I'm somewhat positive in ICU. Some others I, um, you know, like I've held a few top. And even though if you look at name bio, there have been lots of top sales, but I think almost all of them are in Asia. And so I haven't had any success selling them at above. I think even $10, like I've sold one, I think at some really low price, but um, so other, and others are brand new, but I, the way I sort of view it is um, in when an extension comes out or is re-released or something, there is often a window there to get some words that are really nicely matched across the dot, but you're gambling because at that point you don't really know how well that extension is going to end up being accepted. So, I mean, my kind of viewpoint, you know, I'll put 20 or 30 or $50 or maybe a hundred dollars into some on a trial basis 
And for me, at least, enough of them have worked out that overall I, I, I'm not losing money or, and I'm making a little bit of money. And that's really my only goal, grow my portfolio. Now, others like, you know, are much better, more established, like something like online has been around and widely used for quite a while. So there you have the, the difficulty that's really hard to find good, at least cheaply, good combinations across the dot. And uh, Gotcha. That really makes sense and can really, I guess, command value. Yeah. In fact, I some, you know, so I, and I kind of view my portfolio in a few pots. Like I'm, I'm serious with about, I don't know, some, some fraction that's at least more than half. But I also, you know, this is to some degree a hobbyist interest to me. And if I really aesthetically like the names, I can get an extension. I will try it before there is yet a, uh, a record of, of sales. Cause if you wait till the record of sales is established, you won't be able to get those good names. Uh, good point. Yeah. Good point. The other thing is the registries vary a lot in how greedy they are in terms of reserving as high premiums, good names. And of course it's really hard to make the economics work out for, for most premium renewals. So you have to do a lot of searching to find either new trends that they didn't catch or ones that just slept slipped through their reservation of premiums. Right. And so and so in terms of kind of turning here and trying to talk about um, the bit of the parallels in quantitative investing in stock in domain names, I mean what parallels exist? that you could, you know, point out to um, those who are coming into the domain investing or those who have been there a while and just have never thought to use, uh, you know, some yeah, I think there's, I'm, I'm planning to actually at some point write more on this, but I see a, a, a huge amount. I've done a lot of reading and uh, a little bit of writing around conventional investing. And I think one of the important points that you get reminded every time you, you do conventional investing with a financial institution is any projections are, of course, backward looking and are no guaranteed of the future. And, and I think it's always important that we realize that in domains. I mean, the average domain will be years before it sells, and there's no real guarantee of, of how kind of trends in how what is common in naming companies and what uses domains will be made will be the same in 10 years as now. They may be exactly the same, but that's not guaranteed. I guess a second point that seems important to me is um, all of us, and I, I personally do this as well, I like you know, kind of new tech trends. I do a lot of reading in, in tech and stuff. And I know if you read name pros, loads and loads of uh, domain investors chase what is just new in tech, the argument being that's going to be the next big thing. There'll be lots of needs for domains. That's true. But what you have to keep in mind is that loads and loads of other domain investors are thinking the same. It's like when companies have good projections, the, the markets these days in conventional investing is intelligent in the sense that 
loads and loads of people doing investing and machines doing investing have almost the same, in fact, regulatory assure that they have basically the same information. So like back when app was coming out, someone had this really cool tool. I haven't used it for a while, but you could put in any code word and it would show you how many apps had already, how many app domain names had already been registered with that. And like, for example, I put in blockchain. I forget what it was. It was like over a thousand or something. Now, blockchain is an important topic, but are there going to be the need for anywhere near one or 2,000 blockchain domain names with the extension app? I doubt it. Um, so I've tried to scour for things that I think are important enough, some reasonable number of people will want domain names, but are a little bit outside what most people um, are chasing. And I kind of view that as a similar parallel. But by the same, and I guess the third thing I'd say in terms of a similarity is you have to always, I think, realize that to get bigger returns in conventional investing, you have to take bigger risks. And that's why, you know, your so-called high interest bank account will give you a very tiny amount of interest these days. And right. if you go to kind of um, some kind of small cap stocks, the return is much better, but so is the risk that it may go up or, up or down is also. And, and I think exactly the same thing holds in domains. I mean, there are certain types of com domains like um, short ones and any kind of word and um, short numbered, which are always going to be liquid. Um, but probably the thing is you have to be really sure that your game for pricing is right on because the, the difference between buying price and selling price on a on a numbered or, or lettered is probably going to be less. So you have to make sure you're getting a good deal on acquisition time. Hmm. Interesting, because and what this actually makes me think of is um, roughly what was it? I think four. Yeah, I think it was like four or five years ago when there was a, a bubble um, in terms of Chinese domain investors buying uh, four letter dot coms. Um, and I, I, you know, I can remember they got pretty high up there. I mean, you had some of those, you know, going for four or $5,000. Um, and, and that, and that was all, um, you know, a small, I guess, percentage of the, the total amount of, of uh, four letter.com domains, but you just kind of mentioning, um, you know, not looking backwards, it's like when we look backwards, we do kind of see the uh, trail, so to say, but it doesn't indicate what the future is going. And so, you know, to a certain extent, I look and say, you know, how does a domain investor uh, peer into the future, if you will, to, you know, to, to make profitable decisions? Yeah, that's the... Uh... Is that the eight ball? <laughs> $50,000 question that I think if any of us had a, a good answer to, we'd be in good shape. But um, I, I mean, I think part of it is just being realistic and realize there is always that un, uncertainty. Right. Um, but be, beyond that, um, I mean, it obviously is important for all of us to follow trends 
to the degree possible to try to project out at least uh, a few years. And and unfortunately, there's loads of data of various types on 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 kind of trends, both in domain trends and then just in general social and technological um, trends that that help drive which niches within those domains. Um, I think it's hard. I mean, people can look at the same data and read different domain trends, partly because in certain speculative parts of the market, there are so few sales that it's hard to kind of know what's, what's going to happen. Um, I think diversification uh, is important to some degree, and I, I totally understand why mm. most domain investors either invest only in calm or primarily in calm. And I think that, you know, the, the evidence, you know, totally supports that that's a wise and somewhat safe, I would argue, way to proceed. But that being said, I think it does make sense to to at least diversify a little bit. Like if you don't like new extensions, then then don't go with something that you don't like. But but at least consider are there certain of the uh, country code general ones that that you think so? I, I personally would not invest only in one extension, or certainly not only in one niche, no matter how good it looks right now. That to me would be sort of like investing only in one type of of stock that would that may well yield great returns, but also comes with considerable risk. And that's interesting because, you know, to a certain extent, it's it's funny because I hear or I think about you, you know, you say that, hey, I, you invest in um, different extensions. And then um, the, the interesting thing that I hear, especially is since it's what we're five, five to six years into this thing, it's a matter of judging at where's the greatest reward. And obviously I go domain investors are notorious for, um, I, I call it ambulance chasing, if you will, <laughs> in terms of going, oh, such and such sold a domain for 15,000. Everybody kind of runs, um, or not everyone, but a good percentage of people run over and they begin buying expired domains, hand registering domains. And so, you know, when I think about new extensions, I overheard Mike Birkins at uh, Rick's um, Asheville meetup. And so, you know, and, and he has, I guess he's in the upper echelon in terms of the, uh, how he divest, how he invests in new domain extensions. And so when I look at kind of what he says is, hey, these aren't really um, made for investment, if you will, or if you do, you know, you have to be willing to lose your shirt, if you will. But then I also hear you say, well, no, if you come in at a, uh, at a lower clip, if you will, um, in, into the lower market area, then you can actually make at least a reasonable amount of money. It's not that, you know, you're going to hit that grand slam, you're going to hit that home run, but you, you're certainly going to hit a few singles. And so is that the case that is that, would you say that that's something that's doable, um, not necessarily across all uh, new TV, new new domain extensions, but is that something that, you know, hey, you go, yeah, go for the lower, the lower end versus that higher end or the longer wait time? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the sort of mathematical view I always take of everything is, 
Um, I look at the probability a domain name will sell in uh, per year, which is, I mean, it's easy to calculate market-wide. It's like impossible to precisely calculate for any one domain, but you can nevertheless try to estimate it. And then I multiply that by the probable net amount that that domain is likely to sell for. There, I think it's a little easier to do because through tools like DN prices and uh, name bio, you at least have usually some to go by and you could kind of place, well, this domain name is maybe better than those few, but not as good as those and get a ballpark figure. And by multiplying the probability by that, the question is, is that bigger than how much it costs me to hold the domain for a year? So if I think there's maybe one in 300 chances that it would sell in a year and that it would sell for $3,000, then that would correspond to uh, about $10 per year, but I should never pay more than that for renewal. Um, it's, there's no doubt that taken as a whole, the percentage sell-through rate is lower in new extensions uh, than, than COM by, it, it depends how you do the numbers, but by a factor like four to, to six, I think, uh, probably. Hmm. Uh, but that's taken as a whole. And surprisingly, average prices seem higher, but I think that's simply because there's a huge amount, even in name bio above 100, that are actually domainer to domainer sales, not much above a hundred, and that really messes with the the calm uh, average prices. So, but anyway, you can put in some kind of price, and then um, see if it makes sense. And if the renewal, I mean, if the yeah, the renewal fee is very high, it's really hard to make the numbers work out, or at least that's how I view it. I I basically never, almost never seriously consider a domain that has a, a high renewal. Or if I do, I go into it with a one-year plan. I'll try to sell it for one year. And if there hasn't been something that's been a really serious inquiry or near sale, I won't consider holding it beyond that. Hmm. And so when you say high, like what is that in terms of a price range if you had, or what's that, I guess, what's that upper limit? Uh, a renewal? You, uh, yeah, for a renewal that you say. Uh, I mean, I personally never. The highest I have paid is about twenty five for a renewal ever. Gotcha. And certainly the average. I'm a in in all aspects of my life, particularly in domaining. I'm a huge bargain chaser, sorting out <laughs> deals from different registrars and multi year. You can sometimes get multi year deals that are really good on renewals that I'll, mm. I'll do and so on. So um, I once, I haven't done this for about a year, but at one point uh, when I was writing a column on renewal rates, I actually figured out what the average renewal rate that I'd actually spent. And it was um, uh, in the new part of my portfolio. I do have a bunch of legacy and, and country code that have kind of standard renewals. And it was it was less than it was certainly less than than ten dollars by a little bit. So, oh, that's not bad. No, and I mean I I'm fond 
of the new extensions that don't do deep discounting and have a standard fee. So as long as though it's not a premium, according to the registry, once you uh, register it, you, you know more or less what the, the, the rate will be like. I, I Although I only, I don't have a huge number of most things and I have fewer than 10 of them, I think, but I like the one extension for that reason. I kind of find it elegant aesthetically with many words and there's quite a few good possibilities but i really like the fact that its renewal is like around eight dollars a year and it's not deeply discounted so it has really good lack of abuse it's the same amount for first year and and later years gotcha now do you park any of your domains no i it's just a personal thing and i understand that some people do but um I, I I tried a tiny bit. It seemed it was such little amounts that I thought in my mind I'd prefer to put all the effort into them selling. So I try to point them to landers that I think will be attractive if someone is wanting to sell them. I mean, to buy them rather, but I don't make any money. In the last year and a half, I haven't tried to make a single penny in park. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, kind of shifting here. So in terms of name pros and name talent, so obviously you got in, you started domain investing. What, you know, I guess what brought about uh, the writing? Because obviously, if, if you go and look right now, name pros, I can guarantee you probably we're probably going to see your name at least five different places just on the home page alone of different topics that you're chiming in on as well as just providing, uh, uh, you know, providing insight. Yeah, I, I did get really um, engaged. Um, I just like to uh, have this little phrase. I like to help. So if, if I feel that I've learned how to do something, it's maybe that it's so fresh in my mind, because, you know, two and a half or three years ago, I didn't know hardly anything. I'd registered from a single registrar. I'd tried to sell only in that registrar's marketplace. I hadn't tried, you know, I didn't know name bio three years ago. Uh, I don't think, or certainly not four years ago. Um, so to me, now that I've done many things quite recently, if someone says, oh, I can't figure out how to do this, I like to chime in. I also, I think it's my scientists um, going through, I, I really like to see both sides of something presented kind of in an unemotional, you can make up your own decision. So I, I maybe post quite often because of, of that, like if there's some data that I think someone should take note of or just even another factor they should um consider uh i try to do that but i mean it comes to go it comes and goes but yeah i do spend a lot of time on uh, name pros yeah because i was gonna ask like in terms of i mean i contribute but there is i mean just a plethora of information that's there. So, you know, how do you, how do you make sense of all of that and use it 
um, to your advantage in terms of domain investing? And then how do you suggest, uh, you know, most domain investors should approach name pros? Yeah, in, in a way, there is so much information that sometimes it gets in the way. I mean, almost like the huge domain marketplaces have too many domain names that it gets hard to have people notice yours. Um, right. Like any, for any one person. One trick that I didn't think of until actually someone on one of the someone on staff, I guess, or a moderator um, pointed out because I find that the search per se is not as helpful sometimes as it could be, and I had forgotten that of course you can use the Google site command to 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 use the full power of Google to. To search name pros. So after I realized, really, that, yeah, I, I never even thought. I mean, it's weird because I use the site command when I'm kind of see seeing who's using a real extension. But it, yeah, right. if you use name pros, or you can even do sections. But I usually just do the home whole name pros site because quite often I'm I know more or less what I'm trying to find, and I in Google like with you know being able to use quotation marks and pluses right. and all of that, it's a way, or just in general, the way it presents things. So that's one trick. Um, it, it's gotten easy. I think I've got, it's, I'm, I'm amazed that I almost find something new um, every day or two on name pros, despite how many hundreds of hours I've, I've spent there. But I think as time goes on, you do get a little more used to where things are and how to find things and so on. Um, plus, of course, the whole community is really helpful. If if you really need some information uh, on something, someone else will know where it is there. But interesting, interesting. So then, in terms of your writing, what do you what do you hope to achieve, or what do you hope uh, uh, to do for you know domain investors? Yeah, it's a big question, I guess. Um, and it keeps evolving to some degree. I mean, this wasn't a plan two years ago. They said, oh, I think I'll get into domain writing. <laughs> um, the, um, I think my main hope is to write unbiased, up-to-date, as evidence-based as is possible, given that we can never know everything firmly, um, but to write it in a way to empower people to make their own decisions. So I I tend to when I write something like to give you know lots of links so that if someone wants to go off and do something similar but a little different on their own, they they can. Um, I also a big principle in science, of course, is the idea of people being able to replicate what someone else found. And I think that's important. So whenever I do a numerical analysis um, or even some other type, I suppose, I like to give enough information that someone else, you know, if they don't believe what I found, they can go and, and try it for themselves. And that's particularly important because they may have a slightly different question. Like they may say, well, I want to exclude all the skills under 250, but otherwise look at what you've done. So I, I try to 
kind of provide enough that people can go off and and do their do their own thing. And, and I know a number of people have have done that. They've sent me direct messages or or commented in the threads or whatever that they they like that they can go off and do that. And then the last thing that in almost every post in the Name Pros blog that I like doing, and it's maybe my educator shining through, but I don't want it to be my opinion or my view of something because the million members of Name Pros have a much better idea than I do about anything. Um, so I try to, to, to foster people commenting in the replies pose a few questions and ask people, you know, try to guide what people might want to respond with. And, and that seems to, to go really well. No, that's great. That is great. So, you know, wrapping up here, I mean, what would be your advice to someone who is starting out in the domain, uh, in the domain investing, and they're considering using quantitative analysis? What would what would that nugget of truth be for, for them that you would want them to know? Yeah, so my, my first advice would be to be realistic and realize that domain investing in general will not be easy or fast or assured money. But what? so having got that maybe negative side out, uh, in terms of tools, I would suggest that in addition to joining name pros and taking part uh, in it in a professional way, I would say the two most important things, uh, or maybe three I'd say, would be to learn how to use name bio in a fairly sophisticated way. Like it's got a lot of features that I think um, are not obvious at first glance. Like you can, for example, use the exclamation mark if you want one term not to, to be included. Um, for example, and use DOFO, which fortunately is quite easy to use. And then the third thing is get use one of the tools to find the best deals on registrations, renewals, and transfers, like yeah, either DomComp or TLD list. I like them both a lot. Interesting. So there is no uh, magic eight ball. There is no rubbing of the genies that I can come in and become the rags to riches story. If there is, I haven't found it. <laughs> no, that's good. So the last question, obviously with everything, you know, with everything that you've contributed in terms of name talent.com and name pros.com, which I listeners, Hey, I, I um, truly admire the work and effort that Bob puts into uh, his written pieces. I mean, they are detailed, um, and, and they give you they give you the ins and outs of everything you want to know. So definitely take a uh, take a take a review of the material that he has um, so thoroughly crafted together. Um, but with that, Bob, just knowing everything that you know since you've come in over the last couple of years, if you had to do everything all all over again, would you do anything different? I would probably take a piece of advice I've given to many other people, and that is to to concentrate on on quality over quantity. I just still find it really hard to resist some domains that I should be resisting. <laughs> um, other than that, I don't think so. I think to some degree, we need to 
make some of our own mistakes. It's the best way to learn anything is to actually try doing it yourself. Mm. And and certainly I've made loads and loads of mistakes along the way and continue to make them. But I don't think I would change that. Um, <laughs> so you know, overall, I'm I still find domains really interesting. Usually, almost the first thing I do every morning is see what's <laughs> new on the name bio sales of the day. No, that's good. That is good. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners? No, I just really wanted to thank you for this opportunity. It's actually the first interview that I have done um, as a person being interviewed uh, and within domains. And it's uh, a real honor for it to be on your uh, on your podcast, Alvin. Well, definitely. Thank you. And, and, and truthfully, I mean, I meant everything that I said, you know, it's like when I see that uh, I, I look on name pros and I'm like, who's this written by Bob Hawks? It's like, yep, I'm going to read it. Um, and so it's, it's one of those things that I look at as, uh, Hey, you're going to, you're going to learn something that you didn't know. Uh, and, and that's, that is something that, uh, there are a lot of posts there at names, name pros, or a lot of posts on name talent, um, and rightfully so, and they all carry their different value, but certainly I give yours credence and weight, um, you know, when I see them posted. So keep, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. And same to you. Yeah, well, appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, but thank you again, Bob, definitely for joining us today and sharing domain investing, your domain investing journey and um, your wisdom and insight, you know, into profitable domain investing using quantitative analysis. So thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Have a great day. All right. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the weekly newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now.